This podcast is a part of the Carbon Almanac Network of Podcasts. Hi, I'm Imma. I live in Scotland. Hi, I'm Jen and I'm from Canada. Hi, I'm Ola Banji and I'm from Nigeria. Hello, I'm Liki and I live in Paris. Hey, I'm Rod. I'm from Peru. Welcome to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. In our conversations, we share ideas, perspectives, questions, and things we can actually do to make a difference. So don't be shy and join our Carbon Sessions because it's not too late. Hi, I'm Jen. Hey, I'm Rod. Welcome to Carbon Daily. Yeah, today, Rod, what are we talking about? We're talking about green building materials, part one. Part one? There's that much to talk about, is there? <laughs> <laughs> it seems so, like we've, we've been finding some, some info about it, so let's just, just hit it, right? Absolutely. It's... Uh... It's a lot, green building materials. It's it's more than just building with green products. It's also the process, how to how to maximize things like efficiency and and Yeah, it, it's more than painting your building green. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, like um, there are like these these materials and processes. And one of the things that, that stood out from this little research that I ran was that 40% of the CO2 emitted per year comes from the building and construction industry. So it definitely has a huge impact on, on the planet mainly. Yeah, so is that in the transportation? Is that in the all the materials that have to get brought in to a building site or is that in the actual emissions that come from some of the materials that are used do you think it's it's in a mix of all of it it's mainly on creating the materials right to create cement you have to it's mainly using coal so there's huge emissions then when you're building you're also using immense quantities of from water or just like polluting some more because there is this dust, it creates a lot of pollution. It creates a lot of, of carbon during the process of, of creating the building materials and during the process itself of constructing. Right, so I wonder if there are ways that um, these, these emissions can be reduced or, or mitigated, if there's a way that um, things can be made in more sustainable ways and using, you know, maybe using renewable products or products that are going to last longer so that you don't have to build as often. Well, it's a bit of everything. What I found also is that there is this, this concept of carbon sequestration, which is basically kidnapping carbon. So we, <laughs> I like that um, term, kidnapping build, carbon. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> what it means is that the materials that you're using to build something are mainly plant-based, some of them. So yeah, it takes the, the carbon inside and it reduces the, the, the sort of like emissions that are, that are during the process. That's one of the things. 
I've I've been uh, looking at things like using recycled content and maybe reducing some of the uh, having to have brand new everything in a build. Are there things that can be recycled or reused from materials that were previously harvested so that we're not tearing down more forests and we're not using as much of the raw new material? And so wondering about things like um, Enviro board or, you know, things like wood plastic composite, which are made from recycled plastics. Uh, there's a kind of a board that we used on our back stairs called Trex board. I, it's a name brand, I think. I don't know. But it's not really wood, but mm -hmm. it's not really plastic. It's a combination of both. Super durable you know, my, hopefully my stairs will be there longer than will be in this house. <laughs> you know, the thought is that it won't rot like wood will eventually. It uh, doesn't need to be painted and it, it lasts a very long time, which hopefully will reduce, you know, having to rebuild the stairs and having to get more material and do that whole thing all over. Cool. That's, that's super interesting. Yeah. yeah. You just brought me to, to think of durable materials on one side is bamboo that are actually very natural yes. and then we could go all the way through the other side on building something with 3d printers you know building materials so that would be something interesting and i have this question though that feels more of an obstacle to create all this at a global scale which would be what's the supply and what's the price for it What's the access that people would be able to have? Right. You mean where they live in the world or how expensive some of these things might be? Because you're right. Sometimes some of these uh, green materials cost more because they last longer. <laughs> yeah. But but they are also more expensive because of the technology. Yeah. Right? yeah. And also because they're green. so they, they They're green, so they... Yeah. So the, the, like, what I mean, like they're, they're green, so they're kind of like certified. So that creates certain added value that translates into the price, into the access of it. Right. And what do I think people could do? I would start asking about what's the responsibility we in more privileged positions are doing towards it. Because I'm not building or renovating or doing anything around it at the moment, but I could think of if there are certain, from my, my point of view, maybe if there are certain policies that are actually happening within my city or my, my country on using, or if there are any incentives, there are organizations already working on that, on that area. Yeah, I think it's good to ask a lot of questions. In one of the jobs that I have, we just opened a brand new building, a whole redevelopment that just opened and and we have done things like put in a heat pump which is better for the environment than the old gas fired boilers and different systems so some of the ideas for sustainability and environmental ideas went into the construction of this great big new building that i think will make a difference in the long run even though they cost more up front so sometimes it's it's worth putting in the money if you can, if you're in a position where you can, to be able to make those shifts and make those changes long term. So 
Uh, I think it, where it's possible, it's a good idea. Um, uh, and it's something that isn't always considered. So my, my take would be to start putting it in people's minds. You know, what, what is going on in this new construction that is sustainable or that is green or that is good for the planet? Yeah, and also it's quite interesting just to, to finish this up. You just made me remember that in, for example, in Germany, it, you don't need to build or rebuild, but you can change the provided that you're using in your different services, right? So you have gas on one side, or you can have like electricity, and you have this set of options that goes from the green that is the most impactful in a good way towards the environment to a G or an F that is the most harmful one. So maybe those are things that we can do, start doing also about our houses. Well, let's continue this conversation in part two, Rod. Hi, Rod. Hey, Jen. So we're continuing the conversation. We started uh, the last time on building materials and green building materials. And we had a lot to say before, I think. I think there was a little bit more that we wanted to talk about. I think so. Yeah. So just a quick recap. We talked about building materials and the processes that take and create this more of carbon emissions and a way to counter all this impact is using this carbon sequestration method that is like the carbon kidnapping, right? And we're moving also towards the use of renewable materials or just less impactful ones. What are we talking about on this Part two. Yeah, I think we were going to talk about some of the um, the manufacturing uh, standards, some of the um, certifications, some of the the ways that you can ensure that your building is producing less greenhouse gas, less waste than conventional through different kinds of certifications. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure, but I, I would ask, what are the things that you have found out first? about this before that i was thinking about things like there are technologies now that can help to do things like make sure that the indoor air quality is healthy there are different pieces of equipment that can be installed to make airflow more healthy for the people that are working in the building you know especially with covid and everything you think of all the people in a building and the air and how it flows. And there are ways that you can put in efficient um, HVAC systems that can increase the airflow and the health of the people in the building while reducing emissions. And so those were interesting to me, those things. Yeah, that's, that's quite interesting because it all takes us also on the side of technology and what's using, right? And on the other side, things that I've also seen on buildings, it's more of these green decks or green terraces. Yeah. You know, you go to the rooftops and then they're planting. Or, or, so yeah, like that, that's another huge trend on, on, on the side of urban development 
And anything like that would take carbon out of the air. Anything like that would capture and sequester carbon, like a rooftop garden with trees and plants. And and it's also beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the beauty of it is like not only visually, but also takes the gives life back to the either to the communities, the cities or or, or the whole areas that are that are using this these other ways of kind of like building this on on an environmental take, let's say, let's call it. Right? Because besides making it green and beautiful and taking some of the carbon out, it also takes more animals to go back to these areas uh, or animals I'm not talking about like eagles or anything necessarily, but I'm talking also right. about insects and bees. And that's one of the huge problems that are there. Right. And where I live, one thing I've noticed are a lot of communities that are being built around uh, public transit and that are being built um, with sort of a village atmosphere. So there are little grocery stores and coffee shops and things that are right, you know, on the lower floors of these tall towers, so that people don't have to get into vehicles and drive to get to these things. So they're thinking more and that's probably a different topic, right? That's probably talking about um, uh, sustainable (laughs) communities. But it's it's related, right? When you have uh, beautiful green space, and you have buildings that are built purposely for uh, a reduction of people having to drive to get to the things they need to get to. Um, there, it, it's all connected. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's all connected, but also it's not absolutely off topic because, I mean, they're thinking of the animals environment when, let's say, they're making the road. Mm-hmm. And just from going there to actually put in some, let's say, if it costs more money, putting some more money into using green building materials like that are able to sequester this carbon. It's quite a low-hanging fruit, I would say. Right. And things like um, using, I don't know if you've heard of volatile organic compounds. Those are the things that used to be in some of the paint. And now you can buy paint that uh, has low or zero VOC in it, which means that you have less chemical emissions in the paint that helps, you know, helps the ozone helps the environment and helps the health of the people that live in the building. Things like water conservation, uh, so low flush toilets, things like that. There's lots of things I think that can be done. There's also moisture resistant products that can inhibit things like mold, which make people sick and that ruin mold ruins buildings. So there are, yeah, there are things that can be made that are non-toxic and healthy and long lasting. This is so interesting because I, I, I come from Peru and just moving here into Germany, then you see all these water tanks that are, that are aimed at using the, mm. the rain water to water the, the gardens. So that's like quite interesting in Peru. Let's say you use it the other way. You use water just to wash your car on the street. So that's a <laughs> lot of waste. That's right. And and so how do you capture what they call gray water? How do you capture the gray water and use it for other purposes? Um, that's an interesting thing too. Oh, we have so many things yeah. to talk about, Rod. Yeah. <laughs> I know. We'll have to get back to it then. <laughs> I think. Because this is such an interesting and long conversation. And this is already part two, so <laughs> we'll get back to, to more of these. <laughs> 
So, so just maybe think about it if you're listening to this about um, all the things that relate to the buildings that you live in and that you work in, and that you you shop in, and uh, and look around and pay attention because you can't unsee it once you see it, right? So, what are some of the things that could be done in the developments going forward by companies and organizations that build things? Yeah. Well, just look at your house and see what could be done within a certain amount of time. Great conversation. Thanks, Rod. Thank you, Jen. You've been listening to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. We'd love you to join the Carbon Sessions so you too can share your perspectives from wherever you are. This is a great way for our community to learn from your ideas and experiences, connect, and take action. If you want to add your voice to the conversation, go to thecarbonalmanac.org slash podcasts and sign up to be part of a future episode. This podcast is also part of the Carbon Almanac Network. For more information, to sign up for the emails, to join the movement, and to order your copy of the Carbon Almanac, go to thecarbonalmanac.org. Be sure to subscribe and join us here again as together we can change the world.